Bruh, it's going to get wild today. And if you love it, forwardradio.org will take your donation. Welcome to Critical Thinking for Everyone! Wow. I just felt like some of those should have been called out. Wow, I hope you all feel fully welcomed, those of you listening. Yeah, the sound wave is epic. Yeah, we are here back in the sound booth. It is the sound booth. After being away for quite a while. Hmm. We are excited to be back in the booth talking about critical thinking. We have been back in the booth from time to time. Our regular listeners will go, this isn't news. We're just trying to keep the people up to date who, uh, you know, have other things to listen to. Yeah, and and to apologize again for when we were had to be on location. Sometimes our sound wasn't that great, but that's true. You know, we all had to make sacrifice for COVID, and and we tried. There was not much of a sacrifice for COVID. Like I don't even know if us having poor sound was a good sacrifice for you know mm. something like Lent or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Of course, I'm no expert there. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome to listeners old and new. Yes, and please recognize that I am Brian Barnes, and any lint that I sacrifice is in the dryer. (laughs) And I'm Patty Payette, and I am the co-host who keeps Dr. Brian Barnes in line. Oh, in line, yes. I am... um, iconoclastic by nature you are you are so we kind not of, by nature probably by training <laughs> uh maybe it's by nature i think there's some natural tendency in you to color outside the lines you think i don't know i mean we'd have to go back to my early colorings yeah probably yeah i bet uh i bet your dad would have some interesting observations about that oh man maybe we need to bring him larry back on the show sure he would have all sorts of things to say in this regard he would yeah we'll see if he's available uh, for that, larry come for that back engagement. on the show he did recently have a birthday happy birthday larry yep, yep. and we would love to hear you share some wisdom again oh yeah absolutely and he's got an anniversary this week a wedding anniversary? Of course. Awesome. Yeah, well, that's exciting. to the mom and dad. Yeah. Are you? What are you doing for them? Anything special? Um, I'll probably interact with them in some relatively insignificant way, but hopefully it's meaningful <laughs> enough to... I mean, to mark the occasion? Yeah. I mean, there's not... You know, it's... it's um, everyone's been a little bit reluctant to do a big uh, sort of celebration thing for much of anything, and... Um, they've recently been talking about kind of wanting to keep things kind of low key and right. whatnot. Okay. And so it's a little bit of clashing interests there, but I'm going to see, uh, you know, I'll, I'll definitely I'll see what they do take something their temperature, to mark, mark the occasion. Want. Yeah. If it's, you know, if it's cupcakes on the porch, whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah. it sounds nice. Sure. It sounds nice. Fingers crossed. Folks, as you're going about your day, please, in your life day to day, please remember these important occasions are are great to take the time to mark them in ways that are meaningful to you and your loved one. That's just, especially, I think, after COVID, you know, it's like a reminder that how important and significant those events are. And they can be, right, if we decide that they're important. So actually tonight, my siblings and I are taking my mom and dad out for mother combined Mother's and Father's Day. Nice. We, we usually do separate. Like, we take my dad out. Sure. And then we take my mom out. But because sure. of a confluence of events, which I will not bore anyone with, we ended up having to take them both out. And so we're taking them out tonight. So 
That'll be really fun. That sounds pretty nice. Yeah. I hope that you guys have a nice time. We'll, Thank um, you. You know, there might be eyewitness reports um, of that event. Of course, we're recording early. But uh, if anybody if anybody happens to capture any news about this um, extravaganza that's going on uh, for Patty's parents tonight. Yeah, put it on social media. That's right. Critical Thinking for Everyone on Facebook. And, put uh, it out there. And just to echo Patty's sentiments, allow me to punctuate that with uh, an old saw from Taster's Choice. Celebrate the moments of your life. <laughs> right? That's kind of right? a broad... That's kind of a broad directive. Celebrate the does that is that really what I was saying? I think that that's that's a the big what was part. intended. I, I think that that's something that should occur tonight with that with that event. Yeah, but I mean, is that what that happen. commercial was about? It was about selling coffee, and we're not advertising for coffee. <laughs> but I do think it was about having the right accoutrement. Coffee can be a celebratory moment. Uh, well, you know, if you have, if you get some of that stuff with the civet poop in it, you know, like the really fancy coffee, right? What? You know? No, I don't know. This is the world's most expensive coffee. What? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but you, it, it's from, um, gosh, is it from Madagascar? Nah, that might be, t- I don't know, maybe, but somewhere where they have civets and these things um, eat the uh, coffee beans out of the tree, just yeah, fresh, yeah, right? And then and? they and they poop them. Yeah. And so people harvest the poop, and the digestive properties of that whole system, in addition to simply growing the coffee, makes for what is apparently um, the connoisseur's choice. Oh wow, this is new to me. What's wow. going to be even better is when I obtain some of this stuff and we have a tasting. Here on Critical what, Thinking when for Everyone. When is that going to happen? Well, as soon How as... How could you get that? How could you get your hands on that? I'm sure that? I know a guy who knows a guy, you <laughs> know, who can guy. get hold of some of this poop. You know what I mean? I Okay, I want to challenge you in the next three weeks to get your hands on some of that stuff. Okay, but I will wash my hands. <laughs> <laughs> Or well, lick them if it tastes delicious. I don't know. Who well, knows? you'll find out what we think about this on Critical Thinking for Everyone. Oh and once God. I get the stuff in the mail or wherever, I, maybe Heine Brothers has it. Hell, I don't know. Um, we will go. Um, we will make a post on okay. the social media so that everyone right. can look out for give our you... tasting. We'll bring in a, a coffee pot brewed up right here. Wow, give you guys something like. to look forward to. It's probably, I've probably committed myself to like a <laughs> $500 bag of coffee now or something. But, but you, know. you know what? Live. These are the moments you live for and celebrate. Speaking of things <laughs> that we probably should use to boost our brand, um, it has been suggested to us. Yes. To us. Yes. Through me, but to yes, us. Right. That we would gain a new audience mm-hmm. if we just did these with video. Are you serious? Yep. What is the appeal of that? Well, it may be just that some people, for example, only watch YouTube and they like the conversations. They like to see the back and forth. They like the. Is this like Howard Stern kind of thing? It's like Howard Stern. And I, I leave those antics to you. I mean, I think there are all kinds of ways for us to get ratings. Oh, how much, if, how, how much if Howard Stern If there's anyone you... antic prone here, it is you. <laughs> well, it was suggested. And so I put it to us as a thinking exercise, just like the poop coffee. Right. Maybe even 
maybe even in some ways different, but I guess we'll have to see, um, whether we should um, have a video version of this thing. Like try it out, do a pilot and see? Well, we could do a few episodes and yeah. we could put them okay. on a channel. I mean, obviously it wouldn't be like forward radio. We'd have a YouTube channel yeah. where we're putting these things. It, I guess it'd just yeah. be the same show. We'd set up a camera, and, you know, along with yeah. it or a couple of them. And, um, mm. yeah, Joe, it'd be like Joe Rogan. We could talk about okay. altered consciousness with our critical I'll tell thinking. you what. Tell you what. I'm open to trying it. I'm All open right. to trying it. All right. And if you're open to checking it out, uh, out there, dear listener, please, uh, you know, send us a hell yeah through uh, critical thinking yeah. for everyone on Facebook. Let us know. Give us vote and let us know. Should we create a poll? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. Yes. Look for that poll. I, um, here, use that little post-it note. Put a note on there so we won't forget. Okay, I'll draw a poll. Okay, draw a poll. Yeah. So today's show is not just about our random ramblings, which those of you listening are like, yes, it is. <laughs> I, 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 take, before. I take some uh, exception to random. Yeah, it is so random. Right? I mean, some of this stuff really is legitimate business. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it's not completely random. Today's show is actually about something we have never discussed on, on the show in the past three and a half years. I don't even, I don't know how that could be true. Well, is there I'm anything, thinking. Have we missed things? Jumping to conclusions. We have never really talked about jumping to conclusions in, as a topic in and of itself, I don't think. I have to say that I'm still a big fan of the office space jump to conclusions mat. An actual mat where you jump to conclusions. Are you telling me that you're a senior administrator with all of these human beings in your charge and you have never sat down for an evening with office space? Oh, yes. A long time ago. I okay. saw that. Okay. You should watch it again. I, yeah. bet, I bet it will resonate. Resonate in a whole uh, different I, way. I think it might. Yeah. At any rate, yeah. Uh, so jumping to conclusions, of course, is a big joke in that. Oh, in that show, right? Okay. Because you, you know, it's it's to help the whole thing. It, it it's a um, a, a or a, um, a a sort of device to help you make decisions. Oh, oh, which you is mean what we're always office, talking about in the office. It's well, anywhere, to, anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. It, it's okay. a prototype that a guy has. He's oh, like, okay. okay, you know, I this is the thing I've been working on for a long time, right? Yeah. And so it's a you stand on it. Yeah. And it's got all these. Other mats attached to it. Right. And? And they have things written on them. Oh, and you actually jump <laughs> to an actual... Is it like a magic eight ball, but in a mat form? And and you, you know, you can see all of the options, so right. it's not exactly... It's not like a random It's not even eight. as good as a magic eight ball in that regard, but... <laughs> so so it's a big, it's a big silly thing in the show, but, um, you know, a lot of times when people... I think of that because a lot of times... When people jump to conclusions, you can see what they did. Just yeah. like if it was the mat, like you can go, oh, you must really like this person okay. to have thought that. You must really be or against. You, or you must really think I'm 
a bad person if you assume this about me. If it's about me, yeah. Gotcha. I mean, whatever we're talking, exactly. I mean, you can you can go wow, like as if you there was a see, as a, if you could a bunch like, of options and them. they took this one, okay, which is jump. silly. Like, right. why would you take this one? Because there are so many options with jumping to conclusions. There's so, okay. So let me clarify a point. You said the office. You kept saying show. Do you mean the movie Office Space or do you space. mean the show? The, the office, office Office Space. I, I oh, the no, movie. not the Office. The, the Office the Space. Movie. Okay, you said the show, but you mean the movie Office Space. Well, th- well, a movie is still a show. Oh my gosh! Now that now mm. <laughs> <laughs> now now mm. who's jumping to conclusions? I don't know about jumping to conclusions. <laughs> I think I did something. I think I did uh, some office sort of space um, is not a sh- a TV show is not the same as a movie. I think I did dude. a I think I did an equivocation thing. <laughs> right? I mean, I think I. I think I engaged in some, you know, what I would consider to be relatively harmless fallacy, right? But I mean, well, it's funny. Opinions vary. Apparently, apparently, this is quite offensive fallacy. A funny you should say that because the article <laughs> that we're discussing today, one of the premises in the introduction, says that mostly jumping to conclusions is harmless. Mostly, that's what she says when that we is, do that as thinkers. What she says that. What a conclusion to jump to. I mean, talk about talk about surprised. saying something. I was surprised as well. Talk the about irony. making a conclusion from insufficient evidence. I mean, how the hell do you make such a a cla- Well, okay, yeah. let's see let's see the ar- let's see the okay. argument here or the So, whatever. okay, so this is by Helen Buig. Helen Buig in for writing for Forbes. Reboot Foundation. Foundation. Helen of the Reboot Foundation. Yep. So, Let's just let me just tell you how she sets up this her her foundational assumptions here. She says every day requires hundreds of tiny judgments and decisions. Agreed. Okay. Usually there's not enough time or information to really make a rigorous judgment with perfectly solid evidence and airtight reasoning behind it. Right? Every okay. time we get into our car, drive to work, right? We're not necessarily making every decision based on airtight you know, reasoning. Yeah, sure. So we take shortcuts. That's a natural, right? We take shortcuts as thinkers to survive in the world and to make, you know, decisions, small, big decisions every day. Well, okay. So she said most of the time this kind of reasoning is justified, but every now and then it goes too far. So, I mean, okay, okay, I guess I buy that. Like, I go out to my car, the car is locked. I assume the car is fine. I assume the car is going to start. I assume that the other cars will follow the traffic pattern yeah. such that I can get onto the road. I assume that when I go to the Starbucks, it'll still be there and I can get in the line and yeah. et cetera, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Well, these are assumptions. That's, that's what I'm saying, though. That's a different thing, jumping all... to conclusions. See, can we, can we tease out the difference, though? It sounds like we should. Yeah. Okay. So... Here, so then she goes on to say, people jump to conclusions that aren't warranted by the limited information at their disposal. That's when she says it goes too far. Or they consider conclusions solid that should actually be only regarded as very tentative. So I think of conclusion different as assumption is that conclusion to me is a, a mental leap okay. where I'm concluding something or I'm uh deciding on something or I'm believing something based on something else. Okay. I hate I hate the I hate the word leap, but I know what oh, you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean yeah. when you when so so we might do that. That would be that would be the jumping to conclusions, right? That maybe we don't cuz what I when I think about concluding and this is why I guess 
a lot of these things, I think there's a connection with assumptions. But let me just before there is a connection. Well, there but, is a connection. But let me just let me just see if if this makes sense. So for me, I don't like the jump to conclusions thing um, in any regard because I think that conclusions, in the best case, they present themselves. Yeah. Such that I don't have to really think my way to them. It's just oh, then oh, this must all of this must mean this. And sometimes we have to be shown maybe how that happens. But if if I really made a conclusion, I concluded, which means I was doing a thing before that I finished. Yeah. Right. So to reach a conclusion, I had to be doing something else. And when I just believe something, kind of like the way we're talking about assumptions. Right. I'm not sure that that happens. I think that when I make some of these assumptions, I do actually do a little bit of concluding. I think I'm I think that I am in a position to think about these things and I don't always maybe, but the reason that I don't is because I already have so much evidence. Like, I already have a ton of evidence right. that drivers on this road are going to typically do what right. they do. So, I mean, but but in other places, if I'm in another country on some other roads, Mexico City, oh, forget about it, right? I mean, who knows what these right. drivers are going to do? Right. So, so to your point, assumptions are always there, are, are always kind of underneath our operating Mentally, right? There's all there's assumptions there. I'm just saying that the, the uh, yes, 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 but but I, but I'm also just trying to maybe make the case that that some of these assumptions, and I think this is the point that that right. I disagree with you on in this, and I don't know if we disagree with Helen or not, but I think that sometimes those assumptions actually are also conclusions. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There's lots of. Uh, it's, I think it's only when we in, really interrogate our thinking can we go, oh, wait, is that an assumption that it was implicit or was that a conclusion that I, I didn't, you know, that I, that I was using that I actually found I didn't have a foundation for? So, well, I, so I think, I think, I think you're right. Let me, let me read a little more what she says here. Absolutely. And I just want to say for the readers that are going, they're like they're screaming at the radio right now, who cares, right? If you're doing that, yeah. it's that we're... Um, you know, we want to try to very precisely talk about thinking. And so that's why we go into some of these details. Yeah. Yeah. And you said reader, but it's my it's probably a listener. So if you're a listener who is being more precise than me, like Patty, please feel free to reach out with any of my <laughs> other foibles or fallacious reasoning or jumps to conclusions to uh, critical thinking for everyone on Facebook. Can they reach out if it was based on a conversation they had with you a couple of years ago, or does it have to be based on today's conversation? Oh, 100%. I mean, that's like my mom bringing up, you know, I was thinking about a conversation we had. And I'm like, oh, really? Brown stamps. I've got, yeah, a conversation from like 1992. And I'm like, whoa, I don't even, I can't even. Did get you really? Uh, it's the, the, 1992. These things have happened. The, is all I'm saying. Happened. They have they, happened. And remember, we learned in transactional transactional analysis that's called collecting brown stamps. Yeah, collecting brown stamps. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. 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 Don't don't try lick, not to do that. Don't lick the brown don't stamps. Don't lick the brown stamps. Yep. This is what Helen says. Like with other cognitive biases, most of the time, jumping to conclusions is harmless. That's what she just said. 
again, if we jump to the conclusions that I this is what I was trying to say, like if we jump to the conclusions that I just outlined, like if those were many conclusions that I made because I sat and thought about each of those steps as opposed to just making um, uninformed assumptions or whatever, then then I can I can buy that that a lot a lot of those would be right. Right. So she said, even okay. if judgments based on limited reasoning and quick thinking are wrong, sometimes the consequences are rarely dire. So she's saying that in our lives, when we are making judgments or conclusions, they're they're typically not going to be dire ones. OK, I just don't know how we... how you would even measure that. Right? Yeah, I just yeah. have it because I how think you even measure I that? think there are mm-hmm. a lot of people who maybe have habitually make poor decisions in a lot of areas such that it really affects their lives. But how would we know any of that? You know what? It's funny you should say that because my brother Because you were just saying... My brother has a saying. Uh There's three places you find people who habitually make poor decisions. You want to know where those three places are? (laughs) Jail. Uh Uh-huh. ER. Mm Mm-hmm. What was the third one? Oh, shoot. Jail, ER. Oh, man. University there goes of my Louisville. Point. <laughs> University of Louisville. Jail, ER. Well, there, that's where people who habitually make bad decisions end up. I mean, bad decisions of a certain type, of a I certain, suppose. Yeah. But I yeah. guess there, but people could, could end up <laughs> in those places maybe. By purely by, by. By other means? Yes. I don't know. I mean, can you do you, right. how far do you take the bad well, decision well, idea? Here's the thing about Joe, feel free to send us <laughs> ER, you know Joe, some what was it? It was ER some response Joe. on Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, if anybody yeah. knows Joe, yeah. since he's probably not listening, probably ask not him listening. to listen to the show and listening. to send us uh, a comment on the Facebook yeah. page. Okay. Well, what's so funny about this is we are 21 minutes in, and this was just, I think, the innocuous opening comments <laughs> that she put on here that were supposed to be not even the meaty part of the article. Here's here's where she says the problem is. The problem is when jumping to conclusions becomes the default, especially in relationship to decisions made about complex social and political issues, where more more fine-grained reasoning is typically required. So what she's saying is it becomes a problem when you're jumping to conclusions in certain contexts. One of the whole points of this show, why we do a show on 58 Minutes every week, is because critical thinking is layered and complex, and we're trying to honor that. We're trying to honor that by saying that sometimes our own thinking, (laughs) as practiced as we might be in in talking about it, has um, the same difficulties, complications, tendencies, biases, um, and, uh, you know, as as anybody else is thinking. We overlook stuff. Yeah. We're human, too. Well, you're, Brian, hu- you're human. Brian's a ro- partial a robot. robot. That's right. But he's, he's been programmed pretty well. Oh, it's uh, nice of you. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Some people yeah. would be really happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, okay. So I want to bring up first how she defines it and then an example, a real-life example from our own lives, Okay. So here's how she defines it. 
Technically defined, it in, uh, jumping to conclusions involves extrapolation from limited, limited evidence that goes well beyond what is warranted by that evidence. Okay. okay. So there's a value judgment here. It goes beyond what is warranted. So I'm... So what I hear her saying is jumping to conclusions is when I draw a conclusion or make an evaluation beyond what is actually warranted by the evidence or data I have or information I have. Okay. 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 Well beyond. Okay? Well beyond. People prone to jumping to conclusions take small amounts of evidence as reason for being confident about conclusions that are not warranted. They read meaningful patterns into random data or they develop elaborate theories on the basis of one or two items of data that are not representative. Now, let me give you an example. Sure. Okay. To cast your mind back to two years ago, we were in a neighborhood meeting. The there issue have been so on many the meetings. table. There's so many meetings. <laughs> the issue on the table was okay. are we were are we going to pursue a plan to take this green space that's oh, in the yeah. middle of our neighborhood <laughs> and put some benches and make it more user friendly and like a little gathering place for sure. neighbors? Because you know, it's right there in the middle of our neighborhood, sure. right? It's a big green space. It's a big green space. And so there were people like, hey, this could be really nice and neighborly and this could really enhance a neighborhood. But there was someone in that meeting. I think who there was yeah. jumped to who was presenting some conclusions they had was she said extrapolated and and proposed a problem drew a conclusion about this plan and said several of the neighbors uh, uh, felt this way do you yeah. remember what was the conclusion that they drew well the conclusion was that we would have unwanted folks spending time in that green space and uh you know, causing all sorts of uh, problems for the neighborhood with illegal activity. Right. Yeah. Illegal activity, people sleeping on the bench. Yeah. I mean, I was shocked because I never would have drawn that conclusion. Well, I mean, it's a, it's definitely a, a point of view. It is. But what did you, do you think that that represents extrapolation from living of evidence that goes well beyond what is warranted by that evidence? Oh, sure. I mean, possibly. I think there, a really useful th way to think about this is yeah. actually in the work of Paul and Elder. Oh, yes. Richard, Paul, and Linda Elder. What? Tell us. Give us a useful way to think about it. Well, it's this one right here. Yes. Tell us about it. Well, it's about clarifying inferences and assumptions. Yes. See, because what happens is when we when we come to one of these conclusions that we might that we might call an assumption. Yes. When we come to one of those conclusions, um, we use some kind of information. And so that information uh, might very well have come from just information, just, just thinking that we had in our head already. So, for example, I use this one in class. Um, if we see someone walking across campus and they're carrying a large trash bag over their shoulder that seems to be bulging full. Uh, you know, and we just see them from, you know, quite a long way away, but we can make out the trash bag and, and the fact that they seem to be struggling with it. What conclusion do we make? We make some kind of a conclusion there, which might, again, simultaneously be an assumption because we might not think about it at all. It might just be something that happens in our minds without any thinking. And so 
if we make a conclusion says, ah, that's a groundskeeper. Ah, that's a student moving their stuff. Oh, maybe that's a houseless person uh, who lives out of that bag. Uh, any number of other options. Um, you know, that's a, a sanitation worker, perhaps. Um, if we make any of those sorts of assumptions or those conclusions, we have the process of inference includes us having other assumptions already in our mind. So if you might say, well, you know, any of those seem like they could be likely until you investigate further. When you ask students, different students will say different things. Like, like you don't give them the options. They just will come up with different possibilities for what that is, uh, that person walking over there. <clears throat> and so the fact that different people with limited information will arrive at these very different conclusions, that's important because for critical thinking, we might then act on that. We might then decide that mm -hmm. that person needs to be intervened with. We might decide that, th that we need to get some other people involved to help or to, or to deal with the situation or to, um, you know, maybe make something easier for that person or whatever. I mean, the point is that we, until we investigate more, we don't even know that we made a conclusion. Oh. We don't even know that there was a process of reasoning that happened in there. Okay, so how does this then go relate back to what happened in the neighborhood meeting then? Hmm. Well, the person in the neighborhood meeting yes. just made a conclusion. Yes. Just said, well, this is how it's going to turn out. Right, if we do that. Yeah, based upon no information, right? right? Based upon not even not even like, well, this is what happened in an adjacent neighborhood. Right. Right, just just wild conjecture, right. right? And as a result of that, you know, one of the things that, that, that I think a few people tried to do was maybe to to ask a little bit about, well, why do you think that right. kind of thing? Which which gets into this process. Right. Where's your thinking? Where's why your do you, reasoning Why are you from? making yeah. this conclusion, you know, yeah. that that this these bad things are going to happen? What about all these good things, right? And, of course, there wasn't a lot of uh, sympathy oh. for that point of view, as I recall. Right. But, but I mean, that's the mechanism. So, all right. So this happens all the time in our lives. We do it all the time. Sometimes it's like Helen says, low stakes. It doesn't matter. Sometimes yeah. like in the neighborhood meeting, it really does matter. And yeah. as you might remember, do you remember what happened in that meeting? It is, up, it is a benchless green up, space. It is a benchless green space. Yeah, for that's sure. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I mean so, there were plenty of people who felt like that was um, a useful position yeah. to take. So there's some so. research. I want to talk a little bit about research about this and an intervention that they did to keep people from jumping to conclusions mm -hmm. in high stakes. Well, I'll say high stakes, but I say things like jumping to conclusions in, with social or political complex issues where they needed more discernment. Okay. Yeah, uh, discernment. And guess what? I what? found an assessment which asks you questions to help you assess whether you are a high jumper or not. Oh. Yes. Okay. A high jumper. Oh. I want to give you that assessment. Oh my goodness. It's I, from lonewolf.com. This sounds fun. <laughs> I might I might jump high just for fun. Yeah, you maybe would. Mm. I'll be curious. So high jumper is a term made uh came up as come up with by these two researchers um 
Carmen Sanchez and David Dunning. Yeah. And they wanted to learn more about this bias, this uh, jumping to conclusions bias. Yeah. But they they and were, were curious about other behaviors. So what they did is they put people through a battery of tests, including cognitive reflection, meaning questions that ask them about their reflective practices about their own thinking, like examining their own thinking. And, sure. Um, and it shows how well people can avoid intuitive but wrong answers. In mm. other words, right, questions that you intuit are are the truth but actually aren't. So they called these people high jumpers, those prone to conclusion jumping, performed worse on the reflection test and other cognitive tests, okay? They had, these people had more trouble evaluating logical arguments and accurately evaluating gambling odds. Mm. Okay. And they showed overconfidence in answering questions on civics and current events. Okay. High jumpers. All right. Okay. I, already, I already feel weak. You're already weak. picturing? You're I already, already feel weak in this area. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Wow. Oh, yeah. So they had overconfidence, mm-hmm. and uh, their conclusions were exuberant theorizers, mm. uh, meaning they were more likely to develop theories of how to complete the diagnosis based on little experience or evidence leading to more mistakes when they gave them this like diagnosing a hypothetical medical malady. Sure, okay? sure, yeah. So, get this. So, they were also more likely to hold oddball or conspiratorial beliefs. Oh, this definitely sounds like me. Yeah. No. <laughs> and they were very attracted to conspiracy theories and other misinformation. So I'm, these, I'm attracted to those. So, these were... Okay, so, so what did they do? How did they intervene? How did they help them? So, one of the things that they did was they wanted to help them become more aware of their own thinking, which is, right, the whole point of this show. Sure. Helping people become more aware of their processing, right? You're all doing it out there, by the way. You're all doing it. We're making you do it right now. Which you might hate. Right, you might hate. Yeah, we're not saying that it's going to be necessarily what you like or something. We're just saying that you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. So they found that the more prone people were to make snap, snap judgments, they don't spend as much time thinking reflectively and analytically. So that's where they make these automatic judgments. So they did an intervention where they gave them these metacognitive training tools to kind of slow them down and get them to start asking questions and thinking about their own thinking. Hmm. Isn't mm-hmm. that interesting? It's interesting. It, I mean, I, I think of snap judgments. I think about, you know, walking into the gas station and just buying something at the counter. Yeah. Like I wasn't going to buy that, but then I just go, oh, sure. Yeah, right. A snap, uh, impulse buy. They call that an yeah. impulse buy. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Just, I'm just wondering what what techniques there would be for helping someone. With that? Yeah. Impulse buy? I mean, it's because it seems like that would be something that would fall into this category. Yeah. So you'd like ask yourself, do I really need this? Do I really need this? And the answer, of course, is yes. <laughs> yes, I do. I need this Reese's peanut butter cup. Yep. I didn't know until I saw it <laughs> up here. They put them up here for me as a service uh, so that I, the easy. customer. So they're easy. So that they're easy for me to get the thing that I didn't know I needed. Okay. So this is what some people say you do. You wait that out. You wait that out. So the Reese's Cups aren't going to eat themselves. I have no idea how you wait this out. Like, they're just going to sit there on the shelf and look at me. I'm going to look at them. No, like you're... We're going to have to wave people around me. What's hap- What's going to happen? No. no, they mean like if you look at that and go, I really need a Reese's Cup yeah. right now. Yeah. If you let that feeling pass, and maybe a metacognitive question might be, you know, 
do I do I really want this? How will I feel if I eat this? How will I feel tomorrow if I eat it today? Okay. And if the answer is I'll feel terrific. <laughs> well, I'll feel like I want another to, one. Maybe you need to eat that Reese's <laughs> and really savor it to go back to another show we did, right? If you're going to eat it, enjoy it. I guess, right? but this doesn't sound like the way that people jump to conclusions no. at the counter. No. No, I would like to give you this assessment. Okay? Right. I want to see all I right. want to see how prone you are. This is from LoneWolf.com. Would you like to guess what LoneWolf.com, that website's about? Um, Think, okay, before you jump to conclusions, <laughs> what, is, what is the evidence you have just on what I just so, told you that they're about? What, what, well, what are you drawing from? Well, they have uh, tools to help people um, – I guess think about their own thinking and yes. other people's thinking. Good. I guess at least at least one tool. Good introspection okay. and the name LoneWolf.com. What is that? I mean, you know, it sounds what like a picture. What do you I, picture? I picture a wolf on the yes. on the horizon. Yes. Uh huh. With a full moon. So this is so this is animal protection, <laughs> environmental no, lobbying. This is like an introspection website. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Do they have? Do they sell stuff too? Introspectively, I didn't get, I didn't get into that. I didn't get into that level. Of stuff. Okay, all right. So, but you were drawing some conclusions based on them, weren't, weren't I'm, you? I'm, I'm drawing even more now. <laughs> Here's the first question. All right. Do you believe everyone is out to get you? How do you mean? <laughs> you just have to answer it. No. But do, you don't. No. Okay, that's a no. All right. Do you expect other people to be consistent all the time? No. Do you Why? struggle to see beyond a person's flaws? Do Be I, honest. Now, wait a minute. Is it, are you asking, do I see beyond people's do flaws or do I struggle? Do you struggle to see beyond? I mean, sure. Okay. Sometimes. Okay. Not all the time. Sometimes, Sometimes. it's easy. Okay. Yeah. Do you easily skip to conclusion? No, they didn't say jump. They said skip. Do you Can easily you def- skip? What's the distinction here between jumping and skipping? Skip. I think of jumping, maybe they're using them synonymous. Maybe they meant to use that as like skip to conclusion. Usually you say jump to conclusion. Is, is, is lone wolf here integrated with our research? No. Oh, okay. So there's no, no reason they would use consistent no. language. Okay. <laughs> no. Skip to conclusions. Do you? I, you easily. Do you? I... I don't think so, but I don't think you did. Okay, All well, right. good. Thanks for answering I'm for me. Not, yeah. it's good. All right, very good. Okay, you struggle. You don't need me. You struggle to tolerate. Do you struggle to tolerate ambiguity and uncertainty? No. You're a professional <laughs> philosopher. Are you kidding? He rolls around in that stuff all day. What else is long. there? What, what, else? what are you talking about? What there is else? there isn't anything else. Do I struggle in a Buddhist sense? Yes. <laughs> But we all do. That's hilarious. What can I say? Okay. Well, a little bit. Are you intolerant Depends on the kind of, Buddhist of you are. people unlike you? No. Okay. No. Okay. No. Are you There's generally, no one like me. Are you, <laughs> are you generally pessimistic about life? No. Okay. Do you tend to believe people are either good or bad? No. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Do you struggle to truly appreciate to see the beauty in others? I don't struggle with that at all. Okay. <laughs> all right. You seem to really know yourself. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I'm not looking at this thing, so I don't know what the right answers okay. are. But Do I'm... you have low self-worth? No. <laughs> in fact, that lady who took your workshop said maybe you could 
you could yeah. use a little yeah. taking down a notch on yourself for Oh yeah, well she yeah, yeah she should um, join the my fan club. Yeah. I'm sure they have t-shirts out mm-hmm. there. There's a there's a bunch of people who feel that way. Yeah. about me. And if you're one of them, you should feel free to reach out to us at Critical Thinking for Everyone on Facebook and and tell us all about how I need to be Yeah. tuned up tell or us turned about down a notch. Brian's malfeasance. Sorry. That's right. That's right. I am. You can Crank or, that up to or, 11 if you want. Or his social faux pas or anything you want to share. Yeah. I mean, I do. I have occasionally um, had some hilarious outcomes with the wrong Person. fork. Oh, wrong fork. Yeah, but, you know. Oh. Okay. That's a tough one. Yeah, drop them on us. Okay. Do you feel anxious around other people? Uh, no. Okay. No. Are you suspicious or untrusting? Yes. You are? Okay. Yes. Good. You have a strong inner critic who judges you. No. Do you have what my sister calls an, an invisible fiend? I mean, instead I, of an invisible friend. So it it all depends. I mean, I yeah, sure I do, do. but I mean it's I mean, I it's me. It's not another. It's not a separate. I I don't have strong a separate inner critic. It I, is you. I am you are a strong my inner critic. I don't okay. I don't battle with another voice in my head. I know a lot of people out there do. I'm not trying to marginalize it. I've talked about this before on the show. I know a lot of people have that problem. Yeah. I don't. When I'm is not Is your inner critic trying to help you be better? There's nobody else in there. I don't know what everybody else is doing with this. There's nobody else in there. Like, I don't argue with anybody. Like, nothing wakes me up. You know, people talk about, oh, I was sleeping and and my my inner critic woke me with this nonsense. And I'm like, what is that? Like, that doesn't, that's not what happens with me. You don't have an inner critic. I am the critic. <laughs> if I weren't there, there wouldn't be one. And the quality of that criticism is only as good as my self-reflective judgments and value systems. I mean, I ha, huh, I struggle to believe that that might be the same for everybody. Well, apparently some people feel like they have an inner critic. Do you, do you have a second patty? My sister thinks I have an invisible fiend. But that's separate from you. Kinda. Do you have one inside of you? Like you, she you have the thinks this. I have a, a what is this judging. fiend? Like is it like a religious thing? Like no, there's a no, demon? No, it's like <laughs> something. It's like a, a critic, like you know. Like Socrates had his <laughs> in, his his no, voice, his familiar like voice. A critic saying maybe like a critic saying, "Oh, you should do this, or you shouldn't have done that, or whatever." So you so so you have a separate sort of uh, point of view. That mm-hmm. you feel like delivers that judgment to you after you do things. Sometimes, or something. sometimes, sometimes there's like a little inner voice that you're. I'm like, mm, mm, real, be like quiet. A, is it a high voice or a low voice? <laughs> Does it have an accent? <laughs> is it in French? Ah, <laughs> Well, how did this was supposed to be about you? <laughs> well, I didn't have anything to say because I don't have a voice. It said you struggle to see beyond a person's flaws. You said yes. Does no, I don't struggle. Can? Oh, you don't. It sounds like you are pretty much free from inner struggle based on you don't jump to a lot of lone wolf. I try. You tr- it's I try. Because you actively try. I, yeah, I actively try. I know that there are these struggles and I, I believe that. If you don't do self, I mean, I would say all of this yeah. kind of counts as self-reflective work. I would yes. say if you don't do self-reflective work, then you really get carried along by whatever random processes and systems of judgment 
have just been dropped into your consciousness for right. you to use or that right. you randomly picked up in the pool one day like like bacteria. But right. then it festered and became part of your thinking and you can't tell it from your thinking yeah. now. That's... I would rather not be subject to those. And I know I have been in the past, so I try to I try to, you know, not do that stuff. Okay. You try not to do that. What's one thing you do metacognitively to catch your own sociocentric thinking? What's um, one thing you do? Oh mentally? man. Metacognitive move. So I just always try to be open to the other person's ideas. I, I just I try to listen to what they really say and think about what they said and try not like I'm trying to accept. I guess that's my posture is I really want to accept what you're saying. If you say, ah, I think this is the way things yeah. are, I really would like to accept that. Uh-huh. And so I really try to to. Ask, to hear it. Yeah, right. to ask to questions it. that will help me see what they're really saying. And in some cases, the questions that I end up asking, they end up undermining that. And I feel kind of bad, but, you know, somebody else just would have would have just said, no, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. And what I did instead was just ask questions that caused that person to not be able to sort of retain the integrity of their position. Wow. But but Socrates. But most but most often they can. That's the whole point is that is that if I just ask questions, if the position is a good one, if it has integrity right. intellectually in some regard, they'll be able to convey that. And it's like, oh well that's great. Okay. But, well but some if people not, then might feel like you're quizzing them. I'm just asking them to explain because okay. because otherwise I jump to conclusions. Otherwise, uh-huh. like you say, ah, let me tell you about this Ouija board that I was using and I go, ah, Hold on, I have some questions. <laughs> like I just can't. We can't go forward with that without okay. me asking some questions because I know automatically that what I'm thinking about is probably not what you're talking about. Like there's something about my very limited understanding of Ouija boards, even though I've used them an awful lot. Wow. I I I have an opinion, and so you've you use them an awful lot. An awful lot enough to know that if you can buy it at Target. It's not paranormal. I don't know what everybody's really? doing. Are you kidding? They're they're plastic. Well, why did you use them a lot? Because, because you were assessing whether yeah. they were effective or not. Oh well, I mean, it was one of the things that when I was when I was in college. Oh. I mean, everybody was bananas every, was for a, the Ouija that board. That was a big thing. Oh yeah, every pretty, trivial pursuit and Ouija board. Pretty much every building had beings in it. You can contact with a Ouija board if you just knew how. And you, if never you just did. had the courage. And you never did. I was in those rooms. You never did. Nothing. No, 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 no. Something happened. I don't think we contacted anything. <laughs> Things happened. But I don't think it had wasn't anything. wasn't paranormal. I don't believe that now. I'm not wow. saying people didn't flee the scene, wow. but, you know. So it's really interesting. You answered to the question, you're suspicious and untrusting. You said yes. Yes. But you mean that like skeptical in a healthy, critical thinking way, right? Is that I what mean, you mean? You or know, are you the just question, generally suspicious? The question is, um, you suspicious know, the question. Suspicious and untrusting. The question, the question, the question le- leads me to have some suspicion. Um, I think that, uh, so I don't know, I don't expect strangers to reach out to me or to walk up to me without some reasons. And I don't always know what those are. Yes. And so I'm very, again, I'm open 
to whatever it is. I'm, I'm listening yeah. to see where the connection will be. If a stranger comes up to you, yes. But I'm super skeptical that there's going to be one. Okay. So you're open, but you're skeptical. I'm very skeptical and okay. I'm open, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm you're, ready for it to fall balance. apart. And you've de- is that a skill you've developed? <laughs> I suppose. I su- just yeah. in just over time. I mean, I I used to be I used to be very one way or the other, and yeah. I I categorized people, and yeah. you know, I also had a bunch of you know just latent, um, you know, racism and misogyny, and oh my God, the homophobia, and just and they weren't wow. oh well, these weren't things that were, you know, being accepting of some of these other ways of approaching the world was not characterized to me as being. A virtue when I was young. So you had to relearn. I did have to to relearn. And in many cases, it was it was a process of me of me realizing and going, wow, wow, I really am homophobic. Like what? Like like who knew? Right. Everybody else. Catching your everybody else. Apparently catching your own thinking. (laughs) Yeah. By by by, you know, and and, and in a lot of cases with whether it was racism or or homophobia or misogyny or, or any number of other, you know, sort of really weird attitudes that I had, it took somebody pointing something out and saying, why do you think this? Like, doesn't doesn't this seem inconsistent with your... Like your value system? Yeah, with the value system. Because yeah. I'm always talking about myself, as everybody knows. So yes. like, this doesn't seem to... Thank you. This doesn't <laughs> seem to really balance with that. Um, so what about that? And I'd go, mm. oh, mm. oh. You, mm. Cognitive dissonance. Yeah, I had a lot of cognitive, cognitive dissonance, dissonance in those instances, and they were really uncomfortable. And a lot of times, initially, <clears throat> I rejected them completely. I just thought, oh, these people don't understand. You know, they don't. They're yeah. talking from this other, you know, very biased point of view themselves. And so, blah 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 blah. But over time, it was one of those things. It was one of those things. I think I started really taking it seriously. Um, it's like, <laughs> do, do you know the one about? about someone who every single job they've ever had, like for decades, maybe many jobs, it's always the employer that's the problem. Yeah. Like every, mm-hmm. like there's, it's yeah. never, never them. them, ever. Right. And after a while, as sympathetic as you might be to that person, you have to go, God, there's a common denominator here that's just really hard to ignore. Like all these different situations and people and backgrounds and wow. You know, so I I just think some of that some of that probably happened with me. It's like, you know, who are your you know, who are your friends who are not like Mm. straight white guys? Like, Mm. hmm, Mm. hmm, how how is it when you're in those populations? How does that go? Hmm. (laughs) You know, also thinking, hmm. you know, and just and just, you know, realizing that after a while that there was something going on here that was me. You know, right. and and I I have to say there weren't there weren't too many people I suppose who felt like my behavior was so uncomfortable that they needed to speak to me about it or something. Um, and I I think I think that's the case in 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 most of these cases. Although who knows, I could just be burying that because somebody embarrassed people me or something. People called you out. Possibly, possibly. If they did, I'm sure I didn't respond well. But I do think that uh, I do think that that's one of the things that needs to happen. I think that people need to develop some kind of ability to self-reflect. Again, I mean, if that's what the inner voice is, so be it. But it doesn't pop up randomly for me. Like I, 
I yeah. started and stopped. So it. this actually leads to the last part of the show that I wanted to explore, which is how people can be mm. more reflective. How can we catch ourselves when we're jumping to conclusions? And how can we, what do we, what can we do in our everyday life and decisions? One of them, and I've talked about this prior shows, not, not, it's been a while, but mm. I've always talked about one of the things that helps me the most mm. is when I feel when I have to make a big decision is giving mm. myself time. Mm. Like when I have to make a big, big decision or I have to come to conclusion about something, mm. solving a problem or again, a social or complex, right? She's not saying like, I jumped to conclusions about whether this yogurt is better for me than this one, right? Like, yeah, there is a way to really look at the label and really make that assessment. We're talking, I'm talking about you know, big life mm-hmm. kinds of things. So for Global. me, the bigger thing is that <clears throat> I need time because sometimes I, for me, I need to kind of, it's like a diamond holding it up, looking at it all the angles. I need to look at it at the different facets, mm. figure out, oh, this is just an assumption or this is a feeling. I don't really have information or I have information, but it's conflicting or who else do I need to talk to? Like mm. I, mm-hmm. like I need to, I need time to kind of look at my own thinking. That's what I'm doing. I'm looking at my thinking I'm finding pieces that maybe aren't complete. You liked your percolation. I like my percolation. I do like a coffee pot. And I love coffee. Yeah. Celebrate the moment of your life. <laughs> We've come full circle. Celebrate the moment of your life. With General Foods International Coffees. I stand corrected. I didn't know the coffee name. Oh, and you censors out there can relax. We're not advertising for anything. Just relax. I'm trying to make a joke. How about that? Yeah, percolating. I need to percolate and look at my own thinking. And that's a good. That's a good thing. And I mean, I think that you know, one of the. Of course, there are a lot of micro skills associated with that, like like learning how to carve out the time and the mental space and the patience to, you know, let things percolate. Well, but here's the weird thing. Hmm. I don't have to carve out time because I just do it all the time, almost too much. Okay. Like it's like a ruminating is like well, a natural. Well, I, I was thinking of someone who might want to Right. Get going. No, you're right. right. Yeah. So it's hard for me because – I ruminate naturally, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. if you're not carving out the time, maybe here's an idea. Mm. While you're driving, mm-hmm. turn off your podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, listen to this show maybe when you're cooking instead of when you're driving. <laughs> okay. Or exercising okay. or whatever. Okay. Like find something where your brain can sort of process a little bit, mm-hmm. maybe in your everyday life. Mm-hmm. Going to the gym, cooking, driving. Sometimes those need your full attention. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, maybe before you go to sleep at night, I started, I finally put a piece of paper and a pen next to my bed. Mm-hmm. Hello, duh. And I, I now have a place to write down things so I not have to just let them run around in my, take up space in my head like a playpen all night and keep me awake. That happens. That's your inner voice. <laughs> Sometimes it's my inner voice like, oh, you forgot to do blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, crap, I'm going to wake up and forget to do it again. So I write myself a note and hope I can read my handwriting the next day. Yeah, that is that is, that could be That's, a challenge yes, for any of us. Maybe. Yeah, do it, yeah. Do you do it in the dark? Like you just reach over, sometimes, and kind of grab yeah. the pen and yes. scribble. That's stuff. exactly right. That's ex- <laughs> great. my haunted nightstand. Ah, very good. Remember, you, you should get it to write it for you. <laughs> 
see if grandma will write it. What about you? Do you have uh, some methods that people can be more metacognitive to catch their thinking? I, I have one. What? Um, I had a therapist once who gave me a fascinating and life-changing idea. Oh, I can't wait to hear. Don't make this the cliffhanger for the next show, please. <laughs> and next week on Critical Thinking for Everyone, <laughs> when Patty says... <laughs> what was the life-changing insight? <laughs> and Brian says, well, let's hear from our sponsors. <laughs> Speaking of our sponsors, Intellectual Perseverance. Good job, Patty. The Intellectual Perseverance Award today goes to Patty for getting, for getting me to actually finish this. Um what he said was, "Yes, you should." He asked me about when I got angry yeah. because I was there because Anger sometimes, management? sometimes I get angry. Yeah, um, or I did get angry. Yes. I guess I don't tend to get angry now because we're having this conversation about when I got angry. I, I had all these, all these times. Yeah, right. And um, and we we started going through them, and he. The conversation, this guy didn't tell me a lot of stuff, but often I would have these conclusions, just like I was talking about before. Like, there'd be enough information that suddenly I would tumble to the obvious conclusion there. And in this case, the obvious conclusion that I tumbled to was, so are you suggesting that I should never get angry? And he said, yes. Really? Yeah. He said, what are you doing? Why Why are you putting yourself in a position to get angry? What are you getting angry about? Like, nobody's saying that you ignore things. No one's saying that there aren't right. annoyances. But, like, full-blown anger, such that I would do something like like stop the car and get out and talk to another driver or lay on the horn or, or flip off a... Right. A person, any person. What are you or, supposed to do with your feelings of rage well, or anger? What do you do? His, his, it was a long conversation, <laughs> but his, his position was that probably if you're feeling those, there's something else right, you're going triggered. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah that there's something else happening and that, that probably if you really had a handle day to day on your life and situations, you wouldn't have this happen all oh, the time. Oh, you wouldn't let yourself get triggered. It just wouldn't happen. Not that I wouldn't let myself. You like, just wouldn't happen. It just wouldn't happen if if I had a little bit, if I had maybe a different point of view on some things, if I wasn't, oh. you know, if I if I looked at some of my own, you know, unconscious assumptions. I mean, this was, I, I think this was a really revolutionary idea for me because I was very much in the place, like a lot of our listeners probably, and thinking that a lot of times anger is very justified. justified. Like just rage. Like I, I am right here. And maybe so. Don't get me wrong. Maybe so. But the way that I feel and what that does to me when I do that all the time, not just for something that's really huge, but just all the time. Well, like it's Talk exhausting. about exhausting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, emotionally exhausting. Just, so he helped so you question your own behavior and reactions. I hope it's useful for somebody. And, uh, you know, if you need to go talk to somebody about your rage issues, you should do, do that. Do it. You should do that. Do it. And, and maybe you need to do that. I mean, I'm not this kind of doctor, but maybe you need to do that even if you don't think you need to do that. Like, mm. if you're getting mad all the time, yeah. maybe go you for need it. to figure you it out. Just talk to someone. Yeah, because mental health, like critical thinking, is for everyone. Even you.